This is a show about content marketing for established, sophisticated online businesses. Unlike other shows about marketing, we focus on sustainable, measurable content creation, how to authentically automate your marketing to build up your know, like, and trust factor with a nurtured, engaged audience between launches, and get back to actually living your life instead of working to live. Hey, hey, no like and trusters. Today, we're going to talk about the difference between good content and great content. In a nutshell, good content makes you feel something, but great content compels you to do it. There's a difference between feeling something and actually doing it. And I think we all understand that. Like that's one of those core human beliefs, right? But how do we do that? (laughs) That's the question, right? And I have been thinking, by the way, about this concept for well over a decade, way, way back when I was a photographer and my friend Angelica Glass had a quote on her website. She quoted Freddie Mercury of Queen Frame when he said, I won't be a star. I will be a legend. We love great quotes, right? Why? Why do we love them? They make us feel something. I happened upon my friend Angelica's website. The very first time I saw that after she posted it, after it was like a new website, and I was instantly jealous because not only did she nail that quote, and obviously as her theoretical competitor, you know, someone who existed in the same market as her, I couldn't use it, even though it really felt good. She followed it up by saying in her bio somewhere, if my pictures make you feel something, we should work together. And that right there was when my jealousy just compounded. (laughs) I was so mad because that line to me was everything. And that line applies to the content we use to market our businesses as well. So how do we make content that makes your best client feel something? That is the goal. And that is what we're going to talk about today. What we're going to talk about specifically is how to create good content that makes our best client feel something how we're going to set up that situation, and why that situation is going to ultimately help you build a business with better clients that you truly enjoy working with. No more bad clients here and there sprinkled throughout the good ones, just all good clients. Cool? All right, so let's go there. Before we dive into that meat, we're going to talk a little bit about cracking your knuckles. Yes, that sound that probably just made you cringe there, right? There's a thing. I think it's like a universal human thing, right? It's a near obsession that you feel when you can't crack your knuckles, when your hands are immobile for some reason, or you're in an incredibly silent room and you're like, I can't do that right here. It's it's something we all understand. All you can do is think about it. It's like the first world paper cut problem that oof, we've all been there on. So you understand that feeling. You, you know what that feeling is. It's not actual pain, but it's this thing you can't stop thinking about until you fix a thing. So I'm going to take that one a step further because several years ago, I was sitting on the couch and I started feeling something strange in my chest. It was, it was a slight uncomfortability. I moved around. I wiggled a little bit. Nope, it was still there. It wasn't painful. It wasn't intense. It was just odd. It was a feeling of, of something missing, but something needing to happen to make it not missing. And I just felt kind of uncomfortable in a way that I couldn't stop thinking about. And it was only after I moved a certain way and my whole sternum 
like whole chest, everything cracked. And I felt the most intense relief and pleasure I can't even describe to you. And I didn't know what the problem was until I cracked it. There was this slight pain I didn't know I had until I had it. And really, I didn't even know I had it until I fixed it. I didn't even realize there was a problem, just that something wasn't quite right. That feeling right there, that knowing something's not quite right, there's not an actual pain per se, but you know something's wrong and you want to fix it and it's just kind of nagging you at the back of your head. We've all felt it that way, right? We've all been standing in the security line at the airport where you're like, "Mm, I forgot something. Crud, what is it? What is it that I forgot? And then, you know, it's only as you're sitting on the airplane buckling your seatbelt, you're like, oh, yeah, I definitely forgot my deodorant. This is going to be fantastic. Especially since I'm landing at 11 p.m. And good luck finding a open store where I can get my favorite special brand of deodorant. It's that feeling, that nagging at the back of your head. That is what you are seeking in your best client. Because your clients they know something isn't quite right. They know something is missing, but they might not be able to articulate it. It's like this meme I've seen going around lately. It's all about like, you know, everyone being scared out of their minds about AI. And I've seen it for several industries at this point, creatives, copywriters, graphic designers, art directors. It basically says art directors don't need to fear AI because that would require their clients to actually be able to describe what they want. And I crack up so hard because... I have definitely been in that boat. As a photographer, I was in that boat. People, well, no, no, I want it to look like this, but but no, not like that. But like, oh, can we go back the other way? And it was always revision, like a revision hell for album design for those kinds of clients. So I laughed really hard when I saw this meme, but you know, we laugh the most at the jokes that have a lot of truth in them. Your best clients know something isn't quite right. They know something is missing, but they might not be able to articulate it. That is the thing we are seeking to make great content. So what we have here now is, one, we know our goal is to create good content that makes our best client feel something. Two, we know we need to address a problem that they don't even know they have to do that, to create this good content. And now we're on to number three, the how. And the how is we speak to the symptoms, not the pain. And I know you have heard a lot of people out there, a lot of super duper experts of the guru status, possibly. They're all talking about pain point marketing, addressing the pain, right? But here's the problem with pain point marketing. Pain point marketing assumes that your best client knows what their problem is, and they often don't. Really good content helps them solve a problem they didn't even know they had. But how do you do that? How do you get their attention if it's about a problem they don't even know they have to deal with in the first place. There is no world in which a few years ago when I was sitting on the couch, if my husband had walked into the room and said, you need to wiggle your chest just like this so you can get your sternum to crack. If he had said that, I would have been like, I've never cracked my sternum in my life. What are you talking about? I have no clue what this whole idea is. And the thing is, I, I didn't realize, you know, as I was aging, cracking my sternum every couple months or so was going to feel really good. And it was going to be one of those things where like, until I'm feeling that weird little odd uncomfortability in my chest, I don't know that there's a problem. And this is the thing with pain point marketing. If your best client is currently experiencing a problem they don't realize they have, you can't go out with your content. You can't go out on social media and say, hey, do you want to clear up this problem? Because even if you were to say it, 
as plainly as that, if they don't think they have that problem, that marketing is not going to speak to them. So we're going to talk to the symptoms of that problem, not the problem itself, because they are experiencing symptoms. And once you call those symptoms out, they're going to start paying attention because the symptoms are there, even if they don't know what the overarching problem is. If my husband had come in that day, walked up the hall and said, hey, if you're feeling like your chest is just kind of off, you should probably stretch like this. I would have been like, well, my chest is definitely feeling kind of off. Even if I didn't realize cracking my sternum was the answer. Okay, so a good template for this in your world might be if you blank, that's a good thing your best client is doing or has, but you still don't blank, this is a desire or a goal that they have not yet achieved, then the missing piece is blank. This, of course, is the thing you do to solve this problem. So a lot of my clients, my world, of course, come to me saying that they've worked with a lot of coaches, they've done a lot of courses, and now it's time to finally put it all together to get the business working. Or they've invested so much in this way, they've done this, they've made that funnel, but it's still not working. And it's usually some version of they're not getting enough traffic or enough eyes on their message. But I even had one recent client who I'm working with right now. She had a coach last fall belittle her completely. I was so mad when I heard this, but saying, oh, you know what to say. And my client's like, no, no, I don't know what to say. That's why I hired you. I literally don't know what to say. And I was so mad when I heard this because my client had actually hired that coach to help with her ability to show up online. And the coach was like, well, you know what to say. Clearly she didn't. That's why she hired you. She needed actual guidance on that. So I hear these things. I hear my clients say they've invested so much in this course and this coach, and they need to finally get it all put together and working. Or I hear my clients come with a symptom of, no, I don't actually know what to say. Those are the symptoms. They might not know my solution is the answer to their problem because they don't necessarily know what the problem is. So what I might say in this situation is, if you've worked with all the expert biz coaches, but you still don't know what to say, then the missing piece isn't more coaching. It's getting in and showing up with your message through personality-driven marketing that leads your audience through a journey to build trust with you. That addresses the symptom, you don't know what to say. The other symptom, you've worked with a ton of coaches, you're still not getting where you want. And then I'm calling out what the solution isn't and saying what it is, which of course is my service. So they get a quick win to solve that symptom. I now tell them what to say. But That's just one of the symptoms, one of many possible symptoms that they could be having that ultimately will be solved by a personality-driven marketing machine, right? This is how we create open loops that lead to an audience of action takers. And I'm going to be talking specifically about how to build an audience of action takers later in another episode, but I do need to call that out right here. I love open loops. I love helping my audience solve one problem And then when they start thinking about the fact that they've solved that one problem, they're like, wait, but that just opened up a few other problems. This is the symptom web, right? You solve the one symptom and you acknowledge that they're now feeling another. Why do we do this? No, I'm not trying to create an audience that feels like they're never going to get to their goal. I 100% tell them they can get to their goal and I can help them get there. But solving the one symptom and acknowledging there are other symptoms out there does something specific. It helps your best client feel the possibility. This is the whole good content makes you feel something. You want them to feel the possibility of finally getting what they want. And this is a double duty thing here. 
creating content like this also sets them up for a realistic expectation that this is the work. You are not selling a magic template that fixes all their problems. You are systematically clearing the hurdles and clearing those hurdles is going to take effort. Anything good requires work. Anything worth it means that there's going to be effort involved. I don't want to work with clients who think I can show up, snap my fingers and make everything go away that they don't like. They need to show up. They need to show up with their authentic voice, with like the goal that they are there to serve their people. That takes work. It is work. And I want my clients that come through my content journey to understand I can help them with that and be willing to put in the work. So I create content that sets them up for both pieces. Yes, we can fix it. Yes, it will take work. Yes, it is worth it. So good content makes you feel something and great content turns that feeling into action. It compels your people to do the thing that you are offering to do with them. You are seeding an audience of people you'll love working with by creating content this way. All right, that's what I've got here today, friends. I hope you heard the real meaning behind this message. Great content marketing isn't something you can do on the fly. You've heard me talk about throwing spaghetti on the wall without thought, without intention. That is not the kind of thing I am out here to do. Don't create content if it's not worth somebody's time to actually read and implement it. When I say that great content galvanizes and propels, if you look at your content and it is not doing that, you're just contributing to the noise out there. And I don't say that to make you feel bad. I say that to inspire you. Because when we all start creating better content in this world, we can all start being more successful together. And what that does is push out the people who are just here for money and just here for greed. I know that you are listening to this because you want to create something good out there and you want to truly help people. One of the best ways you can do that is by putting your content through this filter. Is your content going to make your best client feel something and not only feel something, but feel compelled to do something about it? That's the litmus test. That is the ultimate goal. All right, I'm going to see you guys next week. We have my friend Elia Finkelstein on. We're going to be talking about injecting your content with your authentic voice. And I can't wait for you to hear that discussion. It's going to tie in real well with this ending on this one. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. The first is share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams, and we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. Doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you next week.